9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Broncos have their five-game winning streak come to an end, losing yesterday in Houston to the Texans. One of the good things yesterday, Broncos pass rush, which has been fairly tepid at times this season, got after it yesterday. Broncos coming up with five sacks yesterday. Alex Singleton, P.J. Locke, Jaquan McMillan, Aaron Browning, and Matt Henningson combined on a sack yesterday. They did put pressure on C.J. Stroud. But they also gave up explosive plays yesterday. They did a good job against the run. They held the Texans to 89 yards on the ground, but gave up just too much to C.J. Stroud in the passing game yesterday. Nico Collins had the huge game. Their Tank Dell left with the injury, and Tank yeah, Dell's had a really good season. Yeah. That's, That's too bad. That is too bad. Nico Collins had a huge game yesterday. Nine catches, 191 yards, and a touchdown. Broncos' third down conversion was, was brutal yesterday. They were 0 for 11. Pass protection was terrible yesterday. Played well against the Browns, and maybe I, I think perhaps you make a valid point about Miles Garrett and how hurt he was in that game. Will Anderson played great. He was he was he was a one man. He's the man wrecking boys crew. out there at times. But unfortunately, for the Broncos, the Texans were able to sack Wilson three times, and Russ did not have a great game. Three interceptions. Not going to really hold the last one against him though. You got to make a play there. You got to get to the end zone. You're hoping Kroll can come up with it, and and it just uh, didn't work out for the Broncos. Should not have put themselves in that position. Singleton with the 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 personal foul call on the fourth down play. Yeah, that led to a Texans touchdown. Look, and even with all that being said, the defense still played pretty well. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, the sixth best offense in the AFL in yards, ninth in scoring. You gave it to them three extra times, and they still. Still, only allowed twenty-two points. Like, well, the the, the pass that gets tipped and mm-hmm. gets intercepted, that set up a, a score for yeah. the for the and Texans. The last one was at the end, you know. So, but still, you did a pretty good job defensively against a sometimes high-powered offense. You so, just couldn't get anything going yourself. You couldn't run the ball. You couldn't get sustained drives on third down. You're not going to win those games. And unfortunately, that's what happened on Sunday. The back-breaking penalty was only three yards in length, but it was a killer in situation. Because yeah, the, the, the time and place, it's what, a fourth and goal play, mm-hmm. and gave him a chance to score. Yeah. And we also have college football playoffs, too, with the four teams announced. Boy, do we. Whew. So if you've not heard, what rock you've been under, but uh, we're here to lift the Show rock up. Show starts at seven, <laughs> fellas. If you haven't heard, just kidding. Just give us a full three. Yep. Number one, Michigan, and number four, Ooh. Alabama. That'll be the Rose Bowl on January 1st. And then your other semifinal game will be in New Orleans, the All-State Sugar Bowl. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. So with that, Florida State, which went undefeated, by the way, won the ACC championship on Saturday over Louisville. They get left out. Mike Norvell, the Seminoles coach, 
Hot. Hot. Man, a lot. Hotter than the sun. This is the NFL. They would fine his entire paycheck. I'm hurting for our players who have displayed a tremendous amount of resilience and response this season. This is Mike Norvell. Uh, what happened today goes against everything that is true and right in college football. A team that overcame tremendous adversity and found a way to win, doing it whatever it took on the field was cheated today. It's a sad day for college football. I'm proud of the work we have put in and the players, and I have the privilege to coach. We have one more opportunity to find the 2023 team in the Orange Bowl, and I believe and I believe in how our team will respond. Jordan Travis devastated mm-hmm. that his team did not get in. Of course, we know that he would not have played had the leg injury. But Can you still- imagine the guilt that kid's feeling this morning? Because Seems they, like his injury. They've made it known. That's pretty much why. Yes. Right. And nothing he could do. He just gets hurt and his entire team gets screwed out of a playoff opportunity. I mean, just you that you, you get hurt. You had a great season and that. And yeah, I mean, that, it, is, it, it does. It turns into mm-hmm. him being the reason why. I'm no Florida Which is State unfair. guy. Right. But I'll get to that in a second. All right. So if you got some thoughts on it today, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Uh, so if you're if you're wondering who's on Who's on the committee, by the way? Mm-hmm. The selection committee. And let's see, I want to make sure this is the correct group right now. Yeah, well, you looked that up. The thing that I was going to say before the phone rang was the stuff they give Ohio State credit for 10 years ago. Wow, I mean, they, they lost Braxton Miller and they went undefeated with JT Barrett. And then Cardale Jones comes in and he beats Michigan and he dominates the big. De- Look at how great this team is. It's a third string quarterback. They gave Ohio State that benefit and that holds Florida State out. Isn't there something to be said with the fact that at times the last two games they've had to play a third stringer and that team still won rivalry game and a conference championship against a ranked opponent in Louisville? Don't they get the benefit? Shouldn't they get the same benefit that the team yes. that ultimately won it the first time around because 10 years ago? Because there's precedent. Yes. In the legal world, there's precedent. But that's when you rotate the committees, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, remember when we put Ohio State yep. in and they had the quarterback injury and we didn't hold that against them? So your, your college football playoff committee... You have Chris Alt, used to coach at Nevada, retired mm-hmm. football coach. No dog in the fight either no, way. No dog in the fight. Mitch Barnhart, University of Kentucky. Dog in uh, the fight when it comes SEC? to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Dog in the fight there. Boo, boo Corrigan. Oh, boo. Oh, boo Corrigan. Direct, yeah, athletic director, North Carolina State. That would be your ACC mm-hmm. representative. Fairly did not do a good enough job selling Florida State. Chet Gladchuck. He's that's the, a fake name. There's no way that's a real name. Says that it's his real name. I'm looking at his picture. He looks like our consultant guy, Tim Moore, which is an inside joke for us, by the way. He looks a lot like Tim. 
Oh, shit. He he looks like he would be, or Ted Baxter from Mary Tyler Moore back in the 70s. Yes. Or from, of course, Caddyshack. Who Judge Nails. Tim Moore looks like. (laughs) He's the athletic director at the Naval Academy. I probably shouldn't joke about his appearance then. Okay. Don't send the seals after me. Do not. Wardy Manuel. You know where he works? Uh, yeah. No wonder Michigan State's number one. <laughs> well, how about Michigan? Rather, how about Michigan? Not yeah, not Michigan State. They're Michigan. number one too, but a different finger. Uh, let's see, you also have Jim Grobe. I remember he's what Central Florida head coach, something like that. Baylor, Wake Forest. Um, he's a Baylor and Wake Forest. I thought he was at Central Florida. So Ohio. He's the head. He was the head football coach in Ohio for a while. So it's not really like retired the- football coach men's basketball thing from a year or two ago where Fort Lewis wins the RMAC and is the number one team in the South Central Regional standings and the committee comprised of the West Texas A&M or Angelo State right. athletic director somehow vaults his team to number one. By the way, we're, and everybody's we're not going like, to play it there. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. We're not going to Durango. Are you kidding me? Will Shields is on this committee. Is uh, it NFL player Will Shields? Consensus All-America Offensive Lineman, Outland Trophy winner at guard back in 92. Played in the league. Wait, he's a Hall of Famer, right? I believe he yeah, is. Yeah, 2015. Yes. Look at that. All right. Well, what he says goes because All-Century team in 1999. Third-round selection of the NFL draft. Owns a gym and sports facility in Overland Park, Kansas. So he can do whatever he wants. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. Yeah. He, can do, he can put in whoever he wants. One last one here because there's, there's more on here. We'll just give you an idea of... There are morons yeah, there. There are You're morons, right. there, but there are more on here on this list is where I was going with that. Oh, gotcha. But there are some morons. Ask Mike Norvell if they're morons because <laughs> he thinks that they are. Yeah. Uh, athletic director, Miami University, Miami of Ohio, David Saylor is a member of that. Remember Rick George was a previous member yes. of the College Football Selection Committee. All right, so we got some thoughts on that today. I... I don't know what the best answer is because you can say, well, Alabama beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. They beat them in the SEC championship game. What is the importance of winning a conference championship game? What's the point of even playing them at that point? Right. There's, there's, if it's, it, should, it should mean something. It really should. Mm-hmm. 100%. But it doesn't because Florida State won the ACC championship game. They are not in and they're undefeated. Yeah. Let's be honest. Florida State got screwed the worst of anybody in this group. Yes. More than Ohio State or more than Georgia. Ohio State more didn't than, really get screwed, though. They didn't really get you screwed. Some I mean. people, some, though, some think. Some say that, but Because they had the one loss by six points. Yeah. I think you and I feel like they, they didn't get screwed. But no. there are some that feel like they did. If you want to make a case for Ohio State, go for it. Don't think you have a very good one. Agreed. But Florida State... Whether Jordan Travis is healthy or not is is irrelevant. They should be in. Yes, 100%. Now the question is, who should they be in over? That That is a good question. Mm-hmm. Take your uh, calls, your text on that today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? It's our old friend Howard from Fruita. All right, Howard, good morning. How are you? Good, real good, Jim. Jim, I'm not as disappointed as a lot of people would be in regards to our loss yesterday. If you take a look at stats and where the Texans were at, they had the same record as we were. They were riding a little yeah. bit of a pink streak like we was, and somebody had to go down. Uh, Houston's schedule, I looked it up here. As a matter of fact, let me 
Let me flip it over. Houston's schedule looks pretty good. They play at the New York Jets, at Tennessee, home against Cleveland, home against Tennessee, and goes to Indianapolis. They could they could get at least three out of those games, maybe four. So as far as like a wild card, I think they're in better shape than, than some of the other people. The good, Cortland Sutton's catch in the corner of the end zone. That's as good as it gets. The bad, well, there could be several things that could be bad. <laughs> I'll just go right down to the ugly. I missed a little bit of that game with Frisco and, and the Eagles. I had to help a friend get his car off the interstate. He conked out, so I pulled her in over at my house. But from what I see on the replays and, and the closing statements, for somebody who wasn't even involved on the field and to see that head of the security guy of the Philadelphia Eagles get shown the door, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if that's happened in the last 50, 60, or 70 years of the NFL. That would be the bad. Yeah, that was an ugly moment during that game yesterday when when, when Ken Law and the security... Dom you know, DeSandro, the, the, yeah. Yeah, Dom DeSandro got into it. And Ken Law points at DeSandro and, you know, kind of hits him in the cheek. Pie faces him a little bit. Yeah. But, like... Sandra has no business being there. I know you're the head of security. Like I say, Kenlaw Greenlaw. Excuse me, I say Kenlaw Greenlaw. Uh, you're that. You're the head of security. You're Nick Sirianni's dude. Whatever. You got no business being that close to the field when the game is in play. Agree. Yeah. Now, if you're standing there trying to protect Nick Sirianni as a buffer, as you're trying to mm-hmm. stand between him, and if you but feel they, like they have a get back guy for that, like you don't need the head of security standing next to your head coach in the middle of a game probably not but i mean in that moment though if he's there on the sideline i would probably feel like i need to go over my my job is to make sure nick sirianni does not get injured mm-hmm. doesn't mean i'm going to get involved in it doesn't mean i'm going to start i'm going to i'm going to st- i'm going to yeah. stand between him and the and the situation to try to try to protect nick sirianni there's no need to mush face an nfl player there, there's no need for him to get involved in the the verbal back and forth. Who will f- mess you up? Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, he's a big. Desandro's a big dude, yeah, big but, yeah. man, but not that big. But I, I, yeah, in that case, I'm I'm fine with him if he's protecting Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened here, right? It got it got ugly. Greenlaw, Greenlaw shouldn't have did what he did. For both getting tossed, I'm I'm okay with that. And if you're the Eagles, take that trade every single day. Absolutely. Some random non-player against an all-pro defensive player. Losing one of their best linebackers yeah. in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll take that trade off in a heartbeat. Anything else, Howard? Nope, that'll be it. Take right. care, guys. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, uh, Howard calling today, Howard from Fruta. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a weird situation all around. I agree with Howard. It's kind of one of those, like, have I, have I seen something like this before? This is... Right. And I, and I agree with what you're saying, that he doesn't need to be there by mm-hmm. his side the whole time. But if he's obviously part of his job is being on the sidelines and being around there to make sure things are okay, it's one thing to do your job, to protect, yeah, to be a bodyguard. It's another when you're, 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 you're putting your fandom, which it's felt like that's where DeSandro did. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of this team. Yeah. I'm part of this team. When you step out of that, where there's a job you're supposed to do, it's to make sure Nick Sariani's okay. Fine, I'm mm-hmm. good with that. And if 
and if Greenlaw goes toward Nick Sirianni, I'm like, whoa, 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 man. Whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. But they were but they were they were well enough away from Nick Sirianni to where that didn't need to happen. Didn't need to happen. And I just there's enough that players have to worry about they have to worry about themselves. Other players on their own team, if your teammates with Kareem Jackson, players on other teams, the officials, players on the sidelines. You see the one ref, I, I it was over the weekend, but one of the sideline guys, the ball person when the striped vest got his leg absolutely destroyed, like bending in two different directions, which it's not supposed to do because he got taken out on the sidelines. Don't need to have all of that. And then, you know what? You're in the heat of battle. You've just been flagged. And all of a sudden, there's just some rando stepping up and pointing in your face. Like, that that guy doesn't need to be there for any of that. I mean, Greenlaw, though, doesn't need to, re- to react the way he did no, either. No, 100%. I mean, you just, just got to walk away. It's like, okay, whatever. Whatever, big man. But Walk at away. At that point, you're not in uniform. I don't know who you are. Exactly. You're just, a, you're just a big, mouthy guy in an eagle shirt. You could have come from the stands, for all I know. You know, and I, I shouldn't have smushed him in the face, hundred percent. But guy doesn't need to be there at all. No, and I agree. And I, I, well, I think we're on the same page on this. I just think with with Greenlaw, he's the one that initially made contact with the with the face smushing, as yeah. as you're calling it. Didn't need to do that. I and then agree. DeSandro also, he, need, need to be he, there. he was not doing his job, no. which was to de-escalate, because that's the job of security. Mm-hmm. That's a job of somebody that works in that area. It's to de-escalate. It's to protect the people I'm paid to protect. It's to de-escalate a volatile situation. Yeah. And what he did was he dumped gas on the fire. He did the exact opposite of what his job mm-hmm. is. And the Eagles need to kind of look at that and go, hey, look, we appreciate the loyalty. And yeah. I like it, but man, doesn't mean he needs to get fired. But hey, that that's you, you need you need to review the tape here. We need to go over how you handle that. You handled it really, really poorly. And this is a league thing too, to where yes. they need to look at who and how many people justifiably need to be on the sidelines. Like fair point. There's event security, there's all this other stuff. Like how many how many people is too many people? How many people do you really need on the sideline? Right. It didn't. The Niners didn't lose. They didn't lose at all. They didn't lose because of that. No, no. They, they, were, they were just fine. If at some point because a security guard gets involved in a scuffle between players on the sideline, some team wins and the other team loses, and that determines home field advantage in the playoffs, that's going to be huge. Yeah, fortunately, that was a game that was a woodshedding, and mm. it was... The, the Niners, I mean, losing Greenlaw was not not great, not but, great. Not, but but not not a devastating blow to them, and so they ended up being okay. But there, yeah, there were there were two parties involved there though that uh, should not have been involved mm-hmm. in the way that they were. You got to nip this thing. in the bud if you're the NFL. Agreed. All right, nine nineteen. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Thoughts about the Broncos loss yesterday. The good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. College football playoff selection committee. Uh, they've picked their four. It's Michigan. They'll take on Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Washington gets Texas in the Sugar Bowl. The committee is putting me in a position to have to cheer for Alabama. What's this world coming to? <laughs> I know. Like, what in the world? 
say we got uh, a text this morning from Dylan on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Good morning, Dylan. Uh, let's see. The four plays that hurt the Broncos. Uh, no pass interference called in the first quarter in the deep throw to Mims. Russ missing Jerry Judy wide open twice. Would have been seven, settled for three. Broncos defense recovering that fumble. And when the, the ball came out, the one play where they were scrambling for it, couldn't come up with it. Uh, I can't remember which quarter that was in. I don't remember either. But they coughed it up, and and Denver, they ended up punting the football. They ended up punting but because the Texans got it back, but mm-hmm. they would have had the ball in pretty good field position. Russ missing Jerry again, crossing the middle on the final, crossing the middle on the final drive. Is this game more on Russ than anyone else? By your own evidence, no. If we're going on just on Dylan's text, he gives four plays that hurt the Broncos. Two of them are on Russ, so half of them. So it's not more on Russ than anybody else. And a missed penalty in the first quarter is not the reason you lost that game. The quarterback turning it over three times, that's more of a reason. So I would, yeah. Giving giving up too many explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Not covering Nico game. Collins. Yeah. Alex Singleton. You want to talk about seven instead of three. But that's this, huge. And this, and this could be on Russ. And that's not the, even three. The, on, that was on, fourth on, down. On the, on the 0 for 11 on third down. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that. That's some certain, of that's on Russ. 100%. Some of that falls on, on his desk. Wouldn't say that it's all on Russ because the offensive line also didn't play very well. But you give a free first down on a fourth and goal play. When you've got him stopped. When you've got him stopped, you give a free first down. They score a touchdown. You lose by five. That's late enough in the game to where that is a difference maker. That hurts. Russ still made the throw like Howard talked about, the catch by Corlin Sutton. Russ had to thread it in. He was double covered on that touchdown of the near corner. He Russ had to thread that one in. So you can make the argument that they're not in the position to lose by five without Russ. Either way, good or bad. I just don't think that you can say, I think it's more on Russ when your own rankings put two plays that have nothing to do with Russ. Russ ahead of didn't that. play great yesterday. Right. Let's be honest, man. He didn't play great, but the also, also line didn't play very well. They didn't do a very good job against C.J. Stroud in the past game. Russ did not blow one coverage on Nico Collins all day. He locked him down. It was everybody else that was not covering yeah. Nico Collins. Yeah, Denver also didn't run the ball as well as they mm-hmm. have the last few weeks. That that was a problem yesterday as well. Yeah, Russ is part of a, a very much a team loss yesterday. This is very much a team loss. Yeah. All right, 923. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And on the other side, uh, we'll look back at the Maverick basketball weekend. Uh, good start for the Maverick men. Get a win against a nationally ranked team. And the Maverick women get the split. Lose a heartbreaker uh, in their Friday night opener in overtime. So uh, we'll talk about that. That's on the way in just a couple minutes. And uh, also uh, more about the college football playoffs. Got some Broncos thoughts today as well. Denver drops to 6-6 six and six, still. Very much in the playoff conversation. But for the Broncos... The margin of error becomes very, very thin moving forward. You got the Chargers at SoFi on this the Sunday. That Broncos game at the Lions on uh, December 16th, that Saturday night game. Then you're home against the Patriots, home against the Chargers. So some uh, important games coming up for the Broncos. And can they get it done down the stretch here? Now just uh, on the outside looking in. When it comes to playoffs. All right, 924, text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. 
It's 970-242-1340. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Nine twenty-seven. Jim and the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, so you got some uh, reaction to uh, the Broncos' loss yesterday, also to the college football playoff selection committee with uh, Michigan and Washington, Texas, and Alabama into the college football playoffs. You can text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty on the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line. All right. Uh, did they get it wrong? Because if you look at how they approach it, mm-hmm. how they approach what the criteria is, because there is criteria. We act like there isn't, but there, there actually is. This is from the college football playoff website. The things that they consider, championships won, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition if it occurred, comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting margin of victory that's their criteria on the championship part florida state checked the box they won the acc but it seems like that they're evaluating it as the jordan travis injury and then roadmaker who was the backup that got hurt they had mm-hmm. to, to play their freshman quarterback uh against Louisville and they didn't play great. So they 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 played him. Brock Glenn went eight of twenty one for fifty five yards and the yeah. sixteen to six one over Louisville. That that seems like that plays a role because I think the feeling is Florida State will get crushed by any of these other teams if they play in the college football playoffs without their quarterback. That seems and, to be kind of part of it, strength of schedule. You have, you have to go through and, and look at each one, but they were, that was, that's part of the evaluation process. Yeah, and I just, for me, it bothers me that they would hold the team out based on what they might do in the college football Exactly. Playoff. Because, remember, Ohio State went into the first one with a third-string quarterback. It's like, wow, they're taking on Alabama. It's a juggernaut. They beat them, and then they won the national championship. That's 10 years ago. Last year, you take a look at, well, TCU. They got in. They lost in the championship game 65-7. to Are they gun-shy for another 65-7? to It shouldn't matter. You play yourself in. You've, you've won your conference championship. Mm-hmm. You're in. And, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But you, you're right. It's, it's like the NFL. You, you don't get to, well, so-and-so quarterback. Jalen Hurts gets injured. They have to go with Marcus Mariota. Sorry, Eagles. We don't think you should be in because he got hurt. Right. And this is not a cheap shot, so I preface that. The NFL doesn't hold a team out for losing a Super Bowl by 45 points. 
If you make yeah. it back, you make it back. And that's how it works. If you deserve, if you win, who's beaten Florida State this year? Third string quarterback or not? Cheap shot noted, but I'm okay. No, no, with, it wasn't. No. I'm serious. But, but, I, sure, but other, it wasn't other, a cheap shot. It wasn't just the Broncos. It's other teams have been. It's anybody. Yeah. But that's the one at hand right now. You know, they lost They lost by 45 points. You, uh, TCU lost by 58. And so that's the difference. The Broncos weren't held out of the playoffs the next year. As a matter of fact, they went back. They went to three Super Bowls in four years. And it's not because, well, we don't think they... No, they earned and won their way. Nobody's but, beating Florida State. Why are they getting left on the outside? So strength of schedule. Let's let's look at... And common opponents are part of this. Florida State, remember they opened the season with the win against LSU and they were the number five team in the nation. Yes, they did. And they won convincingly, 45-24. Alabama, of course, has LSU in the SEC in their schedule. Mm -hmm. Beat them November 4th, 42-28. Okay, basically a wash. Yeah, push. It's a push. push. It's, It's a wash, it's a push. Looking at the rest of it here. So Southern Miss... They put up 66 on Southern Miss. They beat Boston College. Close game, 31-29. Beat Clemson in overtime, 31-24. Beat Virginia Tech. Crushed Syracuse. Beat a pretty good Duke team when they were 16th ranked, 38-20. Beat Wake Forest, 41-16. Beat Pitt, 24-7. Miami, 27-20. Close one there. Got behind the North Alabama and then rolled and beat them 58-13. I think they fell behind 13-0 in that game. And they beat Florida 24-15, beat Louisville 16-6. So for Alabama, easy win against Middle Tennessee to open the season, 56-7. Lost to Texas at home. Their only loss of the season. Struggled to beat South Florida. Mm-hmm. Beat Ole Miss 24-10. Ole Miss in the college football playoff rankings so it's not like that's a team that didn't finish strong and quality went against Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin they handled Mississippi State 40-17 to struggled to beat A&M 26-20 struggled to beat Arkansas 24-21 beat Tennessee by 14 referenced the LSU score put up 49 on Kentucky had the non-conference thrashing of Chattanooga 66-10 the one texter earlier referenced the near loss to Auburn, 27-24, and then one same score, 27-24, over Georgia. Is the Alabama resume that much better than the Florida State resume? I'm going to say no, not that much better. Alabama's resume looks better because people think the SEC is better at a certain depth than the ACC. This is where your oversized conferences are going to start hurting people because you can't play everybody. Florida State gets dinged because NC State's not on their schedule this year. NC State's a really good team. They're 9-3. and three. They're going to be in a really good bowl game. And Florida State didn't get to play them this year. They went 13-0 and in the ACC, however. Tennessee was 8-4. and four. Is that really a nice win by Alabama? It's okay, but it's not the Tennessee of of a year or so ago when Hendon Hooker was there when Tennessee beat them. Yeah, like Tennessee finished 4-4 in the SEC East. Like, 
that's not that great win. That's not as good a win as beating Louisville if you're Florida State. So I guess my comment about the criteria, though, does it does it say, scream Florida State just didn't meet the mark? Even though they, they the championships won, conference championship, they checked that box. They didn't play head-to-head, so you have to evaluate on, on common opponents. And so... This year, Alabama didn't play didn't play Florida, mm-hmm. so you can't use that as any kind of barometer. LSU's your LSU's your barometer pretty much here. Yeah, and they both won by about the same score. Mm-hmm. My problem with the criteria and the criteria will always be insufficient when there's opinion involved, whether it be using the polls, using random people who select these teams. How many times we talk about preseason rankings save teams all the time? Well, they're ranked eighth. They lost three games, but look at them. Man, look, they're still 10th or whoever, whatever. Like, that's the problem. And when there's the human element in it, that's where I'm going to have an issue with it. Whether it's putting my team in, even though I said at the time and still now that they shouldn't have been when you don't even play in your conference championship game or leaving Florida State out. Like, Florida State has not lost to anybody this year. Situation, opponents, strength of schedule, doesn't matter. They haven't lost to anybody. Alabama has. Alabama's already lost to a team in the college football playoff. That team's lost as well. Like, I know Texas won their conference, but did anybody take a look at Texas's resume this year and see if they're really deserving of getting in? That loss to Oklahoma sticks out like a sore thumb. It, it does. You know, they've they beat up on some solid teams. They beat Kansas. They beat Alabama on the road. That's their one big win. They squeaked by Kansas State. Their resume is no better than Florida State's. It's worse because they have a loss. Doesn't matter. It's ranked team. It's rivalry game. Neutral site. Doesn't matter. They lost. If you hold out Georgia for losing to a rival in a neutral site game, you got to hold out Texas. Conference championship be damned because you've shown right. it doesn't matter if they win or not. They don't even have to play in the game if you feel they're going to be better. That's my problem. May not be this year in a vacuum, but year over year, it's different. But you're also going to have those with, with Alabama saying, okay, well, we didn't play great against South Florida, barely won, but South Florida's a bowl team. Yeah. They, same with A&M, mm-hmm. despite their issues with Jimbo Fisher getting canned. They're they're going to be playing in a in a bowl game, and can you hold our schedule against us? Well, yeah, you can actually if yeah, you want you to, because that's supposed to be part of this criteria. Is how strong is your schedule? And I I I can't say that I when I look at at Florida State's schedule that I go, oh, it's so much softer, so much weaker. Texas went five and one against the bowl eligible teams in their conference. Florida State beat Louisville, you know, 16 to 6, yeah. but they still beat them. They, still they beat won. Florida. Mm-hmm. They beat Miami. Miami was 7 and 5. They beat Duke. They almost doubled up Duke. Duke was 7 and 5. And, and, they, and they say in their criteria that margin of victory is not a factor here. Bull. Should, it, it, if it's not, it should be. And yeah. guess what? It probably is. Mm-hmm. They won at Clemson, Florida State did. Clemson was 8 and 4. You know, 
So you want to take a look at strength of schedule. Almost the entirety of the ACC is bowl eligible this year. Sands, Virginia, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh. Everybody else bowl eligible. Yeah. There's like 1,100 teams in that conference. And it may not be the SEC, but it's not like the ACC and the schedule the Florida State played was that bad. Mm-hmm. All right, so 939. Uh, who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Kurt. Kurt, good morning. How are you? Oh, this is Chris. But Hi, guys. Oh, How are sorry, you? Oh, sorry. I heard <laughs> sorry. you wrong. Sorry, Chris. Chris, <laughs> Kurt. It's really the same. Just no, kidding. No Go big ahead. deal. Kenny, no big deal. whatever. Yeah. Hey. Chris, thanks for calling this morning. <laughs> Appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Hey, guys. I... I couldn't really agree with you guys uh, less because I do think I'm, it's on the internet. Uh, think the schedule for Florida State was 55th, Alabama was five, and I think Texas was 10. So I know Texas and Alabama have lost. I'm an LSU fan, so I have it hurts me even to, to stick up for Alabama. Florida State, they would be double digit underdogs to probably anybody besides maybe Texas in the playoff. You guys think? Without Jordan With Travis, their quarterback situation. Yeah, now, yeah. yeah I, w- I wouldn't yeah. say. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Under, they went undefeated. I feel sorry for the kids. It's not the kids' fault. They did it. They did everything they were asked to do. But the fact is, the four best teams are probably in the playoffs outside of maybe Georgia. And and Alabama beat Georgia. Does that not count for nothing? I mean, they hadn't lost in what three years and number one team. And like that's got to mean something, guys. Well, I, I, and I said that last week, Chris. I said that look, if if Alabama wins, which I wasn't surprised to see that happen that uh, my thought was how do you keep them both out mm-hmm. and yeah, i still, I, I still I kind of, and i kind of still feel that way for georgia that hadn't lost you know and probably since vince dooley was coaching there uh that yeah. uh it feels that way but uh you know they hadn't lost in a long time and to, you're the number one team in the poll you lose so you go from one to out it just yeah, that right. didn't that didn't feel right to me. And for me, it doesn't. They didn't win the conference either. I mean, I get that, but I understand where strength of schedule is coming from. But strength of schedule should be teams you can choose, not your conference. You don't get credit for having to play Tennessee because they're in your conference. They have no choice. You should be judged on Middle Tennessee, Texas, South Florida, and Tex- Tennessee Chattanooga versus LSU and Southern Miss. And North Alabama, and also Florida. Like you should be but you judged. Play, you play. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, your non-conference schedule—you get a pick. I mean, what four or five years in advance, guys? I, I really don't know how far yeah, in advance. Sometimes they do that more. Stuff. Yeah. But I mean, FSU's best win is a three-loss LSU team. Um, Louisville, maybe. I think. I think. I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about Louisville, but um, they struggle with Louisville with the third-string quarterback. So, it's. Uh, I think the committee got it right. I mean, I'd like to see. A 12 team this year would have been amazing um, to get Oregon back in there and you know, Ohio State and Georgia. It would have been a lot of fun to see how those teams did coming out of the bottom of the bracket. But I don't think FSU belongs, but that's just a personal opinion. They did everything they were supposed to do. I get it. I feel bad for those kids. I mean, that's got to be an awful, awful feeling to go undefeated and get left out. And I hope they go. I think they're playing Georgia, right? Correct. Yeah, they're playing Georgia. So they, they got a chance to prove it, and they can they can pull the Central Florida or whoever it was and say they're national champs and give their kids rings and all that stuff if they want. So, but anyway, <laughs> sorry to bother you guys this morning. You guys no, you're, no, no, Chris, that's, that's, that's what the Chris, whole point of the Chris, show. Chris, that's for. an outstanding in, phone yeah. call. If you don't agree with us, that's fine. I, you know, that's what that's what makes us mm-hmm. doing the show yeah. fun. So I appreciate that, Chris. I love so, uh, all right, guys, have a good day. Hey, great phone call, Chris. Yeah, thanks thank for you. calling in. And you know, like I understand the strength of schedule, like I said, but you should get not. You should not get credit 
for having to play teams in your conference just because they happen to be good. You were going to have to play them anyway. You know, and you can't, you're, they're not going to then discount that, well, you know, LSU lost three games. Nobody uses that to knock Alabama, but they use it to knock Florida State. Their best win is a three-loss uh, LSU team. Well, wouldn't that be Alabama's best win up until the conference championship game? A three-loss LSU team, which would, didn't have three losses when Florida State beat them? But that's that's where the NFL gets it right. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, we've now seen the the... NFL influence of all these these bigger conferences yep. and that kind of thing where you almost have to look at creating divisions. Mm-hmm. And and the Big Ten certainly now has that challenge. They're not going to beat, they're not going to have divisions, but the challenge of you know adding the, the West Coast schools, they will not, once again, not have divisions next year. But at some point, you might have to look at some kind of situation like that in terms of travel and things like that. This is all new uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. But this is where winning your college, winning your conference championship game, it, it should be, that's it. That should be the end all be all. Yeah, you should be in. And yes, Florida struggled with, Florida State struggled with Louisville. An 18-year-old struggled with a 10-3 and team in the cold, windy, rainy Charlotte. The third string quarterback, who's a true freshman, who's in high school at this point last year taking like an AP chemistry class or whatever and having to drive his little brother to middle school or whatever. That kid lost to Louisville, who's 10-3. and So I'm just saying like, yeah, you know what? They struggle with Louisville, but you can't just play it in a vet. Like, it wasn't Jordan Travis struggle with Louisville or Rotomaker. It was... The third-string quarterback. The freshman kid that that had to come in. And and so next year at the 12-team playoff, be the six highest ranked conference champions. They'll get automatic bids. Top four teams will receive a first round bye to the quarterfinals. And the six highest ranked teams remaining will round out the 12 team format. Okay. It's going to solve a lot of problems. It's not going to solve every problem. It's going <laughs> to solve a lot of them, though. There's just going to be more chance to get things wrong from the opinion perspective with 12 teams instead of four. Because somebody's going to get a home game. Somebody's going to be a higher seed. That and that's where your not, debate will be next yep. year, will be those issues. And that's will be, that will be what the CFB committee craves because this is just a TV show. This is football dancing with the stars. This is football survivor. That's all it is. Like, the championship is crowned at the end, but people decided who got to play for it not who earned their way to it and there isn't a perfect answer in this thing i do agree though the four teams that are in are all mm-hmm. capable of winning it yeah they got that right if you're looking for and in florida state chris is probably right about that florida state probably would be a double digit dog without jordan travis mm-hmm. and as but much as it, play it. it but it doesn't feel right though does it no. i understand it from a from an intellectual standpoint and from how they're they're doing it, I, I kind of get it, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like you go undefeated, you win your conference championship, which is the number one on this list of criteria, mm-hmm. and yet you're told, yeah, being undefeated in a conference champion isn't good enough. It's not good enough to play for a national title. You want to take a look at undefeated conference champion resume. Let's take a look at the Big Ten. Take a yeah. look at the Big Ten champion. It's not great. Eastern Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, oh, the Falcons. 
Absolutely huge. They got two ranked wins, one of them on the road. Well, but, in did, Iowa. but did they have to win six games, though, without... That's true. Jim Harbaugh did die for half the year. He did die. He did die they, for half the he year. He martyred half the year, you know, but also. But come on. Yeah. Really? They, they couldn't win those games. Obviously, they, they won without Harbaugh. It wasn't mm-hmm. like they, they struggled to win football games without Jim Harbaugh well, on the sidelines. They won by 40 points. Then they got their sign stealing situation uncovered and, and then their <laughs> coach suspended. Then they won by nine, three and six. Not saying, just saying. Yeah, they didn't need to steal Iowa signs. They didn't even bother looking <laughs> at no the po- tape. Like, there's no point. Brian Ferentz could have just sent his playbook over. Yeah. He said, here's where we're going to run. He could have sent the script, the first 15 plays. Like, here you go, Jim. Here you guys go. Yeah. You could hold it up like it's a Waffle House we're, menu. We're going to run it for a half yard on yeah. first down. Deacon Hill's going to throw it 800 mm-hmm. miles an hour behind his receiver for second down. Yep. Gonna hand, gonna hand it off again on third down for about two yards. Run to the gonna, left, run to the and right. And then the Taylor throw punt. And then the Taylor kid's gonna come out and punt it because he's like the star of the team. Yeah. When he gets the Joe Burrow hype video for <laughs> Senior Day, ooh, that's ooh, not good. Ooh, that's not good. That's not great. That's not good. All right, nine forty-eight. Uh, it's uh, we got coming up uh, garbage time. Also, going to quickly go back to Mavericks uh, from this last weekend. Uh, successful uh, road swing for the Maverick men. Women uh, splitting this past weekend. Time right now for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1945, Mr. Inside Doc Blanchard of Army becomes the first junior to win the Heisman Trophy. Blanchard also becomes the only athlete to win both the Heisman and the Sullivan Awards. On this day... 1961, Syracuse running back Ernie Davis becomes the first black player to be taken number one in the NFL draft after being selected by Washington. Also 1982, Georgia's Herschel Walker wins the Heisman Trophy. The junior running back beats out Stanford quarterback John Elway and SMU running back Eric Dickerson for the Heisman Trophy. All right, 949, we will take a break and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Get some texts very quickly off the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Scott this morning. Good morning, fellas. The good. Seems like there are a lot of exciting games that came down to the wire in both college and NFL this weekend. The bad first week, not picking Arizona to win. They actually do. Another solid game by Trey McBride. The ugly, over-officiating, under-officiating, and just not getting calls correct from diehard the college football committee was going to find a way to put an sec school in the playoffs uh he references a lot of the the non-conference opponents um texas played just one tough non-conference game and that was alabama they went there and won yeah also another text the committee doesn't like the fact that florida state would be playing with their second string quarterback in the final four but didn't alabama win the championship a couple of years ago when their first-string quarterback, Jalen Hurts, was playing so bad, they brought in Bryce Young during the game. It is alleged that happened. Yes, that is alleged, yes. That, that did happen. All right. Anyway, it's, I totally uh, forgot to make my picks on the website last week, too. <laughs> I've done that a couple yeah. of times. I'm still only eight points out of first place. Well, good job, man. Yeah. Good job. Congratulations. Between the three of us, at least. All right. So appreciate all the text today. It's been a very, very good day. Tomorrow I'll have Mav Day on the program. Unfortunately, um, not going to have time to bring you all of uh, the conversation with uh, Mike DeGeorge and uh, with Taylor Wagner. Appreciate the job that Ethan Jordan did this last weekend going over to the front range. 
But uh, for the Maverick men's basketball team, uh, the road weekend sweep of Colorado Mines and eighth-ranked Metro State. Friday night, Mavericks, uh, they beat the Ordegers 86-79. Trevor Baskin, big game, 27 points leading the way for the Mavericks. And then Saturday night, CMU knocked off eighth-ranked Metro State 85-82. Mac Reniker continues to have a, a really strong season scoring the basketball. He had 20 points in the Maverick win. Last year we started 0-2 in the league and to go and get to at home and then to go and get two wins on the road against two teams that will absolutely be in the mix the whole year. So uh, it was an exciting game and I uh, thought we played well this weekend and, and took a step from, from the previous week. Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge. Mavericks are 5-1. and one. They've won five straight. They host UCCS and Reaches this Friday and Saturday on the team. CMU Sports Network. The Maverick women are ter- 23rd ranked. They started the uh, Armac Slate with a road split this past weekend. Mavericks fell in double overtime at 16th rank. Colorado Mines, 89-85 Friday. Olivia Reed tied a career high with 30 points in the loss. Mavs bounced back Saturday with a 63-43 win at Metro State. Josie Stedman, 17 points and hit four threes in the CMU win. We were so tired from last night in that double overtime game. I felt like she had some fresh legs and... Uh, you know, in one of the plays, we're like, I think it's due, we're due for you to hit a three. And then she came out and hit two right in a row. So it's good to see her get her confidence back. All right, that's Taylor Wagner. CMU's now 7-2. and two. Of course, they'll also host UCCS and Regis this Friday and Saturday on the team. CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Tonight on the team, Cincinnati at Jacksonville at 530. Back with you tomorrow.